on this episode of the Oklahoma Breakdown with Hacker and Layman, presented by Riverwind Casino. We recap Oklahoma's win over Cincinnati. We also recap the other great games of week four in college football, and we give you our winners and losers of the weekend. Please download and subscribe to the podcast, rate it five stars, and write us a good review. Follow the show on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Just search Oklahoma Breakdown on any of those, and you'll find us. All right, our man Michael Hosty will kick this thing off. It's time for the Oklahoma Breakdown. It's a beautiful Sunday, September 24th, and you're listening to the Oklahoma Breakdown with Iker and Lehman, presented by Riverwind Casino. Riverwind is Oklahoma City's premier casino experience, and there are so many reasons why Riverwind is consistently voted OKC's number one casino, but it all starts with their amazing variety of gaming thrills and excitement. Riverwind's beautiful award-winning environment plays host to more than 2,800 of the latest electronic games with a huge selection of table games, including Blackjack, Blackjack Match, Roulette, and Teddy's favorite, Craps. No matter what your game, Riverwind has it in spades and hearts. And to learn more about their gaming promotions and entertainment options in the month of September, all you got to do is visit Riverwind.com. Riverwind Casino, simply the best. Now recording this early Sunday morning, please leave us a five-star review and a nice comment. Ted Lehman, the Oklahoma Sooners are 4-0. They are. Nice win. That was a good road environment. Loud crowd. Got loud a couple of times in there. Um, Good win. Good win. I know the, the score, whenever you look at it offensively, people aren't going to be too excited with that. But that was a really good win. Really good win. Um, defensively, whew, some really good stuff in there. Well, let's get into it, man, because the Sooners hold Cincinnati to six points. I believe that's like the fewest points they've scored at home since 2016 or something like that. That's what someone told me on the field after the game. So if that's not correct, not my fault. Immunity. Immunity. But <laughs> – what let, let's just go through it man let's start with the defense what'd you think i thought it was excellent i thought it was excellent now there's a handful of plays in there but it's stuff that you're going to give up you know a throw and catch in one-on-one on a comeback route um they hit us on a hit deshaun mccola on a will um you know, Emory Jones got out a couple of times, and even whenever he did, I I didn't think it was. I mean, we we had opportunities at him. Um, you know, during the broadcast, they they ran that outside zone against us a couple of times, and they hit it. But it they happened to catch us in some bad calls for it. Um, you know, we still could have played it better, but. I'm telling you, man, in the passing game, we're 
we are tight, locked onto receivers. We're relating close to to guys in zone. Um, good pressure on the quarterback. Really good tackling. Good team tackling. I mean, the list of guys that I thought played well. Stutzman, obviously, I thought Canick played by far his best game. And I don't know if I'm sure you watched the defensive side. I couldn't ever find where he took the shot. I, I, I just didn't know, really know what I was looking for, but you know, yeah, all, all I know is there was that sequence of a couple plays where it was obvious to me, just being down on the field, he was having a really, really hard time breathing. Yeah. And I was looking, I, I couldn't really see it. So I don't know if it happened earlier in the game and I just wasn't looking in the right spot, but right. dude, that was a bit of a scary situation. He kind of just takes a seat. He was having a really, really hard time catching his breath, like blood coming out of his mouth. It was actually kind of badass, man. There's blood all <laughs> over his face mask. He walked right by me. I was like, oh my gosh, I, I know that's not good, but you look awesome right now. He played good. He played good. You know, there was and one. As far play. as we know, he's he's all good, right? They took him to the hospital for precautionary reasons. No one I, I believe he was in and out. Yeah. yeah. That's that's the latest I heard. I haven't asked. Yeah, just talking to guys kind of, you know, roaming around there before we left uh, Cincinnati. It, no one seemed too concerned with it, so I I don't know. Uh, but he played his best game. He, you know, he, there was one play that I thought for him where, you know, it was weird. He kind of pulled up and, but he, there were some plays where his athleticism, athleticism really showed his speed really showed he it was by far his best day in, in zone coverage. Uh, just good stuff. I thought Deshaun McCullough did. He played really well. He had, okay. we we've got to address this because you got pronunciation corrected on the broadcast. Yeah, what I say, Deshaun, and it's Deshaun. Deshaun. Yeah, we got to get it now that he's out there making plays, man. We got to get the name right. Got to get know. it right. It feels like I don't know. I'm, I'm there's no H. How are you I going, know. Deshaun? I don't know. I think because it feels like I'm mispronouncing it when I say Deshaun. I guess that sounds I'm, perfect. Just say it yeah. that way. Um, I thought he played really well. He got hit once on a wheel route, but. You know that it, it was a it was a nice design play. You know we recovered nicely, and um, he did some really good stuff on the perimeter. He's really tough, uh, good in the running game. Um, played a bunch of snaps. That was good for him. Uh, I was I, I didn't really know. I thought maybe they were going to attack him in the passing game, but he did some really good things there. Um, I thought Bothroyd played really good. Uh, you know, he was he was doing some good stuff in the running game. He was physical on the edge. I thought Ethan Downs played well. I thought Key Lawrence played well. I thought Gentry Williams played well. Kenai Walker, Peyton Bowen, uh, Woody Washington, Jonah Laulu, PJ. I mean, the list goes on and on. It's there just ain't nothing there for Cincinnati. Outside of a couple of like a scramble play, um, like I said, hitting like a comeback route, but I was I was really happy with what I saw. Though I was worried that we were going to look really bad whenever I watched the outside zone stuff, and it wasn't great. But it, they caught us in some like we had like crossfire stunts in the middle, 
So like on one of them, Canik is the second guy and he's coming this way and they're running it away. So he's got to try and redirect and get back out. Um, but I don't know, man, you could nitpick this thing to find, find some stuff, but that if they play defense like that the rest of the year, we're not going to lose a game. Well, I guess I don't know what happens offensively. We'll put ourselves in really good position to win every game. Man. That was a that was a nice correction there. <laughs> yeah, I, I I was really impressed, you know, going back and watching the tape. I was really impressed with how the defensive line played. Yep. But that, there were a handful of plays guys getting reached. Right? But when a team is coming off the ball with that type of velocity, like you're you're going to get reached. You're going to have to you know, you're going to be late reacting sometimes, right? That's football. But the thing that stood out to me is when that stuff did happen, those dudes strained like hell to get back in their gap, right? And they all rallied to the football. And now, was I perplexed that Cincinnati didn't run variations of the lead stretch play 25 times? Absolutely. <laughs> I had, and it was I just dumbfounded that they didn't build any play action off of it? Absolutely, Ted, but with with what they saw with the threat of Emory Jones, I thought it was great execution of the game plan. Make him beat you from the pocket. Make him play quarterback. And ultimately, Emory Jones wasn't able to get it done having to play that way. Job yeah. well done by the Sooners' defense. Job well done. Job well done. Um Kip Lewis came in at the end. Whenever Canick went down, he played well. He flashed. He flies to the football like always. So not knowing what the what the future is for. Um, and by the way, Stutzman just bump over, play the mic, play an entirely different position. No big deal, uh, and still plays really good. Um, I mean, that's that's awesome to be able to do that on the fly. So that's just a an elite game from Danny Stutzman and that's four straight and if you want to go back to last season he's probably at like six or seven straight um can where's I he where's he at on the Teddy Lehman scale like peak Ted Lehman in college he is he getting close I yeah I don't I mean the uh, the only thing I even see right now is he gets caught flat-footed sometimes on like taking on blocks and stuff but and his awareness is there. He's he's sniffing things out. He's his vision. He's gone, dude. He's gone so far in four games. Like he's playing. He's already playing so much better than he was early on. Now his production is through the roof always, but the things he's seeing and the way that he's playing everything and uh, he he looks he looks great to me. Um, he's he's going to be. Because I, I don't know where the statistics fall right now. We'll probably be scoring defense number two or number three in the country. Michigan gave up seven. They were number one. Ohio State, I think, was number two. They gave up, what, 14? Or what was the final in that? We'll get to it later. But Syracuse gave up uh, points. Georgia gave up, I think, 21. So we're going to be right there probably number two, maybe number three in the country in scoring defense, and I don't see us leaving that spot. So 
whenever you consider that and you consider the way Stutzman's playing, you're talking awards, you're talking All-American, talking All-Conference, and it's going to be a story the way Oklahoma's defense is playing. I mean, it's it's going to be a national story. So, uh, excellent. Hey, <laughs> I I had a I had a little heart flutter this morning because I'm not sure if he did it on purpose. Amazing, if he did it naturally, maybe even better. I saw uh, PJ at a bar. He had ran a little swipe move, the two handed swipe, and I'm telling you, dude, it's coming. It is coming. Because what he's four games in and it gets better and better every single week. And Almost had was, him a big sack fumble. That was awesome. Yeah, and he was he was close to a couple more. Yeah. Get yep. that guy on the field. Yep. He's looking good. So tackling, check. Like you give up a a I mean, people are gonna make a throw and catch on you. You look across college football, guys complete upper 60, 70 completion percentage. People are going to make throws and catches, but when they do, we're right on top of it. It's a catch tackle, no yards after catch. Um, you know, they 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 break one in the running game. They crease you. It's going to happen. Safeties are there to clean it up and, and keep it from turning into a super explosive play. Um, awareness on gadget stuff. I mean, if you go back and look, we're four games in. We've had reverses, double passes, flea flickers, like these hidden wheel routes on on gadget plays, it, and we're sniffing out everything, playing responsibility football. Now, Stutz, they almost got Stutzman on the one, the double pass yesterday, but you know he was a count late, recovered, went down there, and uh, it affected the catch incomplete. I mean, it's just, it's really good all around defense. And there's a bunch of guys that are playing well across the defensive line. Um, like I said, Bothroyd, Downs. I thought Stripling came in and gave him some good snaps. Um, Trace Ford, PJ, uh, the two interior guys, uh, Coe and Terry, I thought played well. They brought in uh, Grayson Holt and some of those guys later, and they played well. It's just, it's it ain't close to where they were a year ago. It's not even the same football team. They're on top of everything. Now, there could be weeks where you don't play well, all right? And, and some of that's going to happen. And Cincinnati's not the best offense that we'll see this year. But they ain't the worst. You know, that's a that's going to be a problem. I think they're going to be an upper half Big 12 team this year. And they got their ass choked out on offense. Nothing. There's nothing there at all. So I'm pleased to say the least. That's the best defensive performance I've seen from Oklahoma since I've been covering the football team. That's over a decade. I don't even know how to respond to this version of you. What (laughs) do I do? did, Did you see it differently? No. No, no, no. I... Other than the my bewilderment at Cincinnati not running more stretch or well, variations to that play, it, but 
in fairness, they ran it like two or three times and got their ass absolutely stoned for like three or four yard losses. Yeah. And the no. ones that they hit us on, like two or three of them were just, it, we happened to be in, they, they, it was the perfect call for what we were in. So credit them, but you're right. I we didn't see more. It was like the only play that they had success with. So probably should have dialed it up a little more, but I thought those guys defensively, one, one of the things, and you don't talk a ton about this when you're on the road, but the communication in the back end of the defense, right? Yep. Still, it's so much more efficient. I thought they got the calls in earlier, right? Yep. I thought Stutson, like the defense was set. Everything was communicated. It was set. Now, Cincinnati wasn't playing with tempo or anything like that, really. But calls were communicated. Sideline, entire secondary, linebackers communicating to the D-line. And everyone was set and ready to play football. And I know that sounds like such a simple thing, but you get on the road, you get a little out of sorts, the crowd's against you. Like it, Sometimes weird stuff can happen, but I thought the guys were – I continue – to think it's everything's just way more calm on the defensive side of the ball. How about this? We had two starters out. Two starters out on defense, Archita and a safety. And competitive depth, what we've been talking about, you don't even notice. Right? Key Lawrence comes in, plays a ton of snaps at safety, has an awesome interception perfectly played in a great spot, great technique, great pedal, great turn and break, reading the eyes of the quarterback, go and intercept the ball. Awesome. He was capping off all day, tackling well. Deshaun uh, McCullough. You're going to get it. You got it. You can do it. Deshaun McCullough came in. Cheetah played great. They hit him on a wheel route. Who cares? We rallied. We tackled. Safety over the top is is – cleaning everything up we get a new set of downs and we're fine right really good stuff man the when you play good team defense it it's you you envision it almost as a net that on every play kind of spreads over what the offense does and guys are moving in different places in responsibility in relationship to their gap or the guy that they're covering and there's just there's nowhere to go. Uh, you may you may hit us for seven or eight, and then you may get four or five on a run to get a first down. But we are in step, in stride with everyone that's streaking down the field on deep balls. We're right there. We had one that was a pass interference call, but like we are, we're right on it. In great position, no free runners, not a lot of space to operate. Poor quarterback is is dropping back, and when he's got good protection, there's nowhere to go with the football. They have to make a th perfect throw and catch, and when they do, they're tackled instantly. It's just like it's like you've got your hands around their neck their entire time, and they've got nowhere to go. It's it's, it's really good to watch. You're so happy. I don't like i I don't even know how to respond to this version of you. I really I really don't. I, I imagine OU fans are going to be so fired. I know I'm fired up hearing you talk about them like this. So that is, that's awesome, man. And what a, what a confidence boost for that defense, 
right? And, you know, what a performance to build on moving forward, right? Mm-hmm. We we all know what it looks like here in a couple of weeks. So for them to play this way, um, to have an, now a chance to crack at an Iowa State team who had, and I know we'll get to it, had an offensive explosion against Huge Oklahoma day. State. But it just, from a mentality and confidence standpoint, Ted, it just feels like this defense is in a really good spot. And in the post game, was it you or Plank that interviewed Billy Bowman? Plank. Plank. He he said he said something along the lines of I we're just we're just really excited because I us players defensively, like we could tell that with everyone it's starting to click and it's starting to like we get it. And me and Toby kind of looked at each other and it's like you can tell and it's like it's exciting to see where this group may end up going. There's going to be some big challenges ahead. We're going to see some 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 good offenses and some and you know some dangerous players, but they're in a good spot. They're in a good spot and they're getting better week by week. Anything else? about what you saw from the defense. I don't know. I the swipe Stop. move. You we just got the, we got the long arm. We he's he's got a little bit of a rip and now he's put the swipe in. Woo. Looking good. Here comes PJ ladies and gentlemen. Watch out. He's going to be so good. I'm so excited. I like it it's literally putting me in a fantastic mood. How good of a mood you're in. I've never seen you like this. Uh, I imagine well, this is how you were on your wedding day. Yeah. Yeah. You haven't seen me like this because we haven't played we haven't played like this. It I mean just ain't close. It's awesome. I love it. All right, let's talk about what we saw from OU's offense against Cincinnati. But first, Love's Travel Stops is now offering a nationwide 10 cent per gallon discount on gas and auto diesel. Just download the Loves Connect app and scan your barcode at the prompt on screen and watch that price drop 10 cents per gallon. Across the country, the Loves Connect app unlocks exclusive deals that can help any traveler plan their route or meal on the highway. So before you hit the road, be sure to download the Loves Connect app to save 10 cents per gallon and experience the country's best highway hospitality at Loves Travel Stops. Loves also has you covered if you forget your phone charger or headphones with their expanded mobile-to-go zone. And of course... Don't forget to grab yourself some of that delicious Java Hamori. It's hunting time in Oklahoma. And if you're looking to buy some hunting property, the land doctors can help you find the ideal ranch. They build custom hunting lodges and lakes and can turn Oklahoma's raw land into your personal playground. If you'd like to sell some land or simply want to add to your portfolio, then call Colton Cole at 405 615 Four five or visit LandDoctors.com. And celebrate with a Schooner All-American Ale, the official craft beer of OU Athletics from Coop Aleworks. Named after the iconic Sooner Schooner that races across Owen Field after an OU score, you can join in on the celebration with an ice-cold beer from Coop Aleworks. You can enjoy it at the Palace on the Prairie, at OU Athletics events, at the bar, at the tailgate, and in the comfort of your own home. For more information on Schooner All-American Ale, visit SchoonerAle.com. Must be 21 to purchase. Please drink responsibly. Schooner All-American Ale, the taste of game day. And one note on that. Seems like things are, you know, they're, 
stuff's in the works to do a uh, a live podcast there mm-hmm. at Coop Aleworks later in the season. We will mm-hmm. uh we'll have more details as as that comes together for nice. us. All right, OU offense. Feels like they left quite a few points out there on the field in Cincinnati. But I did the offensive line did play better than I thought they did, you know, just being down there and watching it from the field level. I thought as a whole for the offense, the the physicality of the whole group was good, right? I, I think it's it was the best it's been this season, right? Just how kind of the edge guys played with uh, all over the field, right? Wide receivers, uh, backs, offensive line. And it's frustrating that, you know, I saw that and it didn't result in more points, right? I don't know how many times you're going to have to say it, but the run game's got to get better. We knew it was going to be a struggle coming in with some of the dudes that Cincinnati had along that defensive line. Some explosive passing plays in this game, but just not enough, in my opinion. One thing in this game, didn't have great field position a lot of the time, which, I mean, that stuff matters. That stuff really matters in football. So, you know, you're starting a lot of drives deep in their own territory. I Ted, it didn't feel like the offense ever got into like a really good rhythm. Right? There were a drive, there was a drive here, a drive there, but I I don't know, man. It just it continues to feel slightly off, right? The best rhythm they got in was right before uh Corleone had his acting uh debut and goes down with a phantom cramp. We fumble the next play, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. we were rolling on them and they went down. And which it's horrible in the tactics. first quarter. Yeah. Number one, maybe don't do it with your best player who can't come back in the game. Um, but I, yeah, I, 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 I'm with you. It did. It did feel that time. And that happens whenever you, you don't have a whole lot of consistency in the run game. Right. And you get off schedule. Yeah. All right. So let's start. Let's start with Dylan Gabriel. First of all, that dude's a competitor now, right? Saw some fire from him on the sideline in this one. Uh, played with an edge. The, the touchdown run was awesome. That being said, he should have handed it off to Tawi Walker. <laughs> Bad read. But, hey, you, you go and score. It is what it is. There's so many things from him in this game. First of all, the look he gave Gavin Freeman on the mix-up on that play, that was an all-time funny moment for a quarterback. That I... I'm not sure I've ever seen anything quite like that. What I say on the uh, the broadcast, the passive aggressive play fake, where he just held the ball was like, "Hey, you see what's happening here? You're supposed to be taking this fake." Yeah, it it just I've never seen. It was hilarious, man. I mean, it was so funny, but he did some really good things. You know, I thought they got they finally we saw him more involved in the running game. Finally did some good things, uh, made some big plays in that aspect of the game. But this was this was as many mistakes as we've seen him make, right? You have the fumble in the red zone, and hey, Marcus Major, block the guy you're supposed to block, and it probably doesn't happen, but not good. He had a horrible decision with the football on a boot concept early in the game. Throws it into triple coverage. He's got two guys. You know, the short and and the mid-level route are both open. I We had not seen him make that type of mistake so far this season. 
he missed Farouk on what looked like would have been a wide open touchdown. Now, Farouk was gassed, but was. it also, it, it also, that's, those are the plays you got to connect on, man. I mean, you've got to connect on those. Uh, the when, Gibson when he, throw. When he's, when he's that wide open, be on the safe side. Just put know. it on his body, man. Yeah. Be on the safe side there. Yeah. But you got to give Jaden Gibson a chance to throw the slant and go down on the end zone. Right? Dude, 6'5. You can't throw it out of bounds. Yeah. Get, give the big fella a chance to go up and get it. Uh, the backwards pass fumble. I mean, that's yeah. just not a type of mistake we've seen him make. So, and, and you know, the backwards pass, sit, like, like if, if that goes the opposite way, the throw into triple coverage goes the, like, those are mistakes that, they didn't hear, but in a game where you don't put a bunch of points up, and I know the defense is playing well, but a couple of those go the opposite way. We could be looking at a totally different football game. No, there's no doubt about it. He, I, I don't think he's going to be thrilled with the way that he played, but uh, I think the competitiveness, uh, the leadership, like it's, it's good, man. It's good. And we didn't see Jackson Arnold at all. So uh, I thought, you know, that was kind of interesting as well. But all in all, solid from D Dylan Gabriel. Too many mistakes. Uh, I'm sure they're going to clean some of that stuff up. But, yeah, I managed the game pretty well is maybe the best way to put it. Yeah. The short and intermediate stuff, really solid. Uh, not not nearly as many uh, explosive plays with what Cincinnati was doing coverage wise. You, you're hoping you can push it down the field a little more if guys are going to play that much man. So, but I don't know. What'd you think? Yeah, I, I think, I think you're, you're right on all those things. Um, what after watching them against our offense, how good do you think Cincinnati's defense is? They are, they're all right. I I think that I I do think the tempo as frustrating as it can be for us sometimes, mm -hmm. right? I do think the tempo really affected their defense, yeah. especially those defensive linemen. There's some snaps. It's clear those guys are not having a good time out there. They want out of the game. Right? They are not having fun, which it you know kind of lends to why you do it. But yeah, I. I just don't understand some of the things they do structurally. The fact, this is just the thing. Troy Everett is starting at left guard. The starter at left guard is out, right? I don't think they got into an even four-man front one time and put a guy directly over him. As a defensive coordinator, how? 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 How do you not at some point put Corleone or Briggs over him and say, hey, man, what do you got? the first play of the game, and I thought, we'll get to the O-line. I thought Troy Everett played his ass off. The first play of the game, Briggs puts two hands in his chest from the DN position and knocks him like two yards backwards. And they never put a guy directly over him. So I just, some of the stuff they do defensively, I just watch it and go, I don't know how much common football sense they have. Yeah. Does Don't that make overthink sense? it. 
what take your strongest weapons and find the best way to utilize them i know you want to run your system and and all of that but find the way to use your best players i yes great way but we'll we'll see that those defensive linemen they're going to give them a chance in a lot of games right but back to OU's guys running backs uh, Marcus Major was the main guy for this one I did some nice things he's I think the best way to describe it he whatever's there he goes and gets it and that may sound weird but Oklahoma needs him to be more than that He's getting tackled too easily at times to me, right? With when you look at his size, hit that, his athleticism, there's some of these shoestring things that, man, you got to run through that trash. He's got to be more dynamic in some of those situations. I, I do like the way he continues to catch the football out of the backfield. I'd like to see him be a little more consistent as a blocker, especially if they're going to keep dialing up QB run game, right? That, those blocks he's he's got on those plays, those are important blocks. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't know, man. It's just not – he's not jumping off the tape to me. And I – I, I don't I don't know. I, I know the fan base is looking at it going, where are Barnes and shot Chuck? And I I kind of feel the same way. I, I, I don't know. Yeah. I – I feel like I like Tawi. I like what he gives us a lot. I know exactly what I'm going to get. Um, it's really kind of the same way with with all four guys. I just I just don't know that they're necessarily right now that that. Any guy that you put in, they all seem, in one way or another, about the same. They're a little bit different at how they get to their result. There's a little bit different style. Like, Talwi is going to run through people. Marcus Major is the big guy. Um, Barnes is, you know, a little quicker. Sawchuk seems to be the, you know, the in-space guy. But all four of them seem to get you the same result. Like I don't know that anyone has really separated at any time, have they? I, not that I've seen. Yeah. Right now, I mean the most exciting play of the game is Tawi Walker running that corner over. That was <laughs> right. fun. Well, but he, he didn't get many it was touches coming too, boy. That's one of those like, oh no! It's like watching a car crash in slow motion. Yeah, that was that was fun. But he didn't get many touches. Uh, I did think he did a good job in blitz pickup. And the other two guys didn't get a single offensive snap. The run game as a whole, I, w- I want to get your thought on this because I know I know you've got a good feel for this. The run game as a whole feels disjointed from a timing perspective to me. Like, it feels like, especially in some of the counter concepts, whether that's the GT counter or I call it the GY counter where the tight ends, the second puller, they even ran some, I guess you would call it GX, where the second puller was Nick Anderson or and on the other time it was Jalil Farouk. Maybe we don't have to get that creative with it, okay? <laughs> Did not go well for either of those guys. Life's different in that area of the field, gentlemen. But... 
it just feels like something's off. Like it's not synced up. Like it's just a count off between the relationship between the pullers and the backs. It, it just doesn't feel like it's hitting it. Like the timing. I don't know, man. Am I crazy or no, I, it just it, doesn't feel like in sync there. It feels too, they're too close to the pullers. Now you could say what you want to about Kennedy Brooks as a running back. The production speaks for itself. If he would have came back and played another season, he may have been Oklahoma's all-time leading rusher. But one of the reasons he was so good is he had a real knack for timing and giving pullers space in front of him before he hit the hole. It was There was a little bit more of a delay there, and it does feel maybe we're running up the back of some guys a little bit too much, but, you know, it's also got a, a different feel to it. It's a little bit more of a quick hitter than the the GT counter we had previously. That was a, a slow developing play. Yeah. I don't know. Just it, you can even say it in the zone game, it just feels. What are the splits like? Normal? They're, they're pretty typical. They're not tight. Okay. So they're space like, you know, cause I was looking at that. I was like, are they only getting like six, six inch splits or something? No, they're, I mean, there's pretty good space in between all those guys. It's just maybe I just need to come to grips with like the offensive line just isn't creating movement. I, it, there's that aspect of it. There's the timing aspect of it. There's a, you know, with what we've seen up to this point, I don't know about you, man, but it, like I watched Notre Dame, Ohio State. There's a couple backs in that game that got juice. Yeah. We don't it's have a guy like that. The The running plays are going like this when it should be going like this there's there's not a lot of that's a great way of putting it there's not a lot of space being created in fact with the concepts that they're utilizing it feels like it shrinks space right so i i don't know you got any ideas i got all kinds of ideas but i don't know i i I'm happy to hear you thought the offensive line played better than you thought. Like I like maybe there's some improvement going on and and it's okay that things can take some time to get where you need to go. Now it's gonna ramp up quick. Like if you want space in the running game, well, it's a bad week for the running game against Iowa State. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So I mean, I think it's it's probably good leading up to Texas that we saw a really good defensive line in Cincinnati. We're going to see a really good uh, D line and just overall team defense against Iowa state. So you're going to be leading into that. And like, if you could generate movement against these two teams leading into Texas, you'll be in a pretty good spot or, I mean, at least know where your weakness is or what you can build on. Yeah. I mean, it was a good blend of zone stuff, inside zone, split zone, like gap stuff, the counter concept. They ran the one one back tackle power with Guyton coming all the way around. They ran it with Rouse coming all the way around. I mean, there was a blend there. It just, I don't know. They can't find something that they are just running at a really high level. It's yeah. frustrating. Not so much I, like identity-wise, 
kind of just kind of feeling our way around the running game some. And this is, you know, I've been saying this for a while. I badger Coach Venables about it um, sometimes at the Rudy show. It's okay to put a meathead thumper in the game offensively and let him go smack around some D D linemen and linebackers on some zone stuff and some insert stuff. Okay. So they've got the, they've got the converted defensive lineman or backer in there. They're going to run the ball. Who cares that they know you're going to run the ball, right? Who cares? Just get some attitude and some physicality in the run game with somebody to where maybe we start to build on it and get a little bit of attitude right there because, and you know, this as an offensive lineman, whenever you start to get some, like it's, it's kind of a contagious feeling when you run the ball and you start to own some people physically and it's like, okay. And you get better and better at it as you, you start to develop a little bit of attitude and and some identity. And I feel like we don't have that right now. Yeah. Work in progress. The run game continues to be a work in progress. Wide receivers. Greg Stoops, his reign as the perimeter RPO king continues. <laughs> uh, he he also he ran some really nice routes in the middle of the field, had some nice plays there, had the one that would have been a big chunk play, right, that DG puts a little too far behind him and wasn't able to catch that one. But thought Drake did some good stuff. Uh, Farouk, couple touches. Right, was close to having the long touchdown where Dylan Gabriel couldn't connect with him. They handed it to him early on, on the outside zone. And just like what we talked about with some of the counter stuff, timing was just off. Mm-hmm. Timing was off. And it, a Dante Corleone should not be able to backdoor the center and make the play on outside zone. Right. Yeah. Kevin Wilson, Kevin Wilson used to say, Hey, if that happens, we need a better running back. So the, but it was the timing, like it was, it was some elaborate timing, yeah. right? With the fake motion and he chops and then comes back. It was, the timing was just off on that, but you know, Farouk just, he need he needs more than two catches, right? Like you got to find, you got to find more ways to get that guy, the ball. Andrell Anthony, I think he's the best wide receiver we got. Route running's good. Speed is good. Seems like he's emerged. As the go-to target, uh, he's getting a lot of respect from corners for that speed. And then the, I don't know if you want to call it a jump ball, whatever that was, that was awesome. Awesome yeah. catch. Fantastic play. Was I was it him at, or Farouk that got interfered, blatant interference in the end zone? That, they that was Farouk. You mean the okay. one where he just got bumped? Yeah. He just got pushed in the back and then knocked over and they just... Yeah. What said it was uncatchable, even though the guy almost intercepted it. Yeah. Which, you know, that's just something that they, you never call, they never call uncatchable anymore. Like you got a pass interference. The ball lands in the third row upstairs and everyone's like, it's over his head. No, it's, it's a penalty. So that was, that was a crazy call. Yeah. But also I, I think OU fans, the, it was really early in the game, right? Xavier Henderson for them catches the one on the sideline. Every replay they showed in the stadium, the guy's foot was out of bounds. So I don't know. I never, I don't know. I never saw a good replay. So yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. Okay. Other wide receivers, Gavin Freeman. I would like to see him 
touch the football, not just sprinting sideways. Yeah, it always it, just has to try and gain the corner, and if he doesn't gain the corner, there's nothing there. Yeah, I'd like to see him get the chance to run some routes down the field, you know? Get him the ball in space, not just on a speed sweep, right? Yep. It If he's a, as explosive of a playmaker as you know, we were told in the preseason, we, we saw it out there at practice, right, in training camp, I think you got to let this guy run some go balls. You got to get him the ball in the middle of the field, let him run some of the drag route stuff. And just that I don't, I don't feel like he's getting those opportunities. Nick Anderson, just get that young man, the ball. Yep. Had the touchdown on the boot concept. That other catch he had, it it felt like he almost split those two guys and took it to the house again. It looked very similar to that play. He stepped out of and scored against Tulsa, but three catches for him is just simply not enough. It, it's simply not enough. And I mentioned it earlier. Maybe we don't need him to be the second puller on counter. Maybe, we just got him back and healthy. We, yeah, may, maybe not, you know, but I, with what you see from Foreman, it can, he's an exciting player. There's just no doubt. Yep. Yeah. I, I, I think he's, he's like the, the offensive version of PJ uh, to some degree, you know, just like some, some physical traits that you just don't see very often uh, with that size and athleticism. Yeah. And then the last guy, Jaden Gibson, uh, DG didn't give him a chance there uh, to throw in the end zone, but he, he had one, he, he seems like he makes a really nice catch every single game. Yeah. But, but continues to be a guy I'd like to see get more opportunities it's kind of interesting, though, I, between Drake, Jalil, Andrew Anthony, Gavin Freeman, Nick Anderson, Jaden, like you got six guys. It's a deep rotation, and I feel like we're always left saying everyone needs the ball more. You know what I, I'm saying? If you had to pick one guy, I'd pick Nick Anderson. Me too. Because he's the most physically gifted guy we got. Yeah. I, I think that he, if you have Nick Anderson and Andrell Anthony opposite one another, defenses are in some serious trouble. I, you essentially at that point cannot go any single high coverage. Can't play cover three or cover one, which leaves you in a really bad spot playing the run against Oklahoma. Like that's the first thing I would do. Opposite sides of the field, deal with it. I would. I'd play cover two and see if they can run it. Yep. And that's just straight disrespect. If you're just sitting back in a too high shell saying, okay, let's see if you guys can get, get that run game going a little bit. We'll, we'll see. We know Iowa state, they're going to do what they do. Right. Yeah. With the three safety stuff, but tight in Blake Smith, handful of snaps did, did really nothing of significance. Uh, Austin Stogner. Saw him line up in the backfield a little bit, right? Was the six uh, some six man protection stuff where he's checking? Hey, are they bringing the blitz? If not, I'm getting out on a route. I didn't uh, mind. I liked that personnel package. I, yeah. I, don't, I didn't mind that at all. Spread it out some. Uh, find some matchups. You know, you still have some quarterback run game potential, and Stogner's a, a check down guy if you need it. So I, I liked it. I, I thought he did a better job with his hands as a blocker. One duck in his head, right? Which, 
you know, I had a couple of those just made me cringe a week ago. Uh, didn't see that, which was good, but yeah, it just continues not to be a big threat in the passing game. I feel like we don't even have to mention that really anymore. Yeah. But that's just, Hey, it it is what it is. Offensive line. The run game stats weren't good. Like it's confusing because the old phrase, it's never as bad as you think. It's never as good as you think. It was better than I thought it was going to be. Right. And, you know, we talked about the timing issues. I, I thought they were really good in pass protection. And I, I don't know. I thought they played. I I thought they played better as a group than 20 points, if that makes sense. Yeah. And let's start with Rouse. Best game as an OU player. He was excellent in pass protection. Not good, not awesome, excellent. I mean, vice grips damn near every time, dude. And I one thing that stood out to me, he looked like he was just moving better. Right, He looked more athletic. He looked lighter on his feet. I don't know if he was a little banged up last week, but compared to the guy I watched last week, compared to the guy I watched this week, I mean, he just looked like a much better football player, which I I very much enjoyed yeah. watching on tape. So I was I was really excited with the way that he played. In my the through my eyes, really good football game for him. Troy Everett. Best way to put it, he exceeded expectations I had for him in this game. Now, Cincinnati, for whatever reason, did not attack him. I I cannot explain to you why, but definitely the best he's played as an OU player. Had a few ugly plays, right? And those are going to happen with him, right, with his size, but the effort cannot be questioned. Love his intensity. Love the way that he finishes plays. He, I, I think his tight his technique tightened up a little bit. He realized like, hey, I got to be, I got to be better. He was he anchored much better in pass protection. This should be a big confidence boost for him. And I will not be surprised, and we'll see what's going on with Savion Bird, but I will not be surprised if he's kind of the guy at left guard moving forward. Right? If he can continue to get better each week. Like if you can hold up against a couple of those guys, right? You can hold up damn near against anyone in the Big 12 yeah. conference. You mentioned any idea what Savion Bird has? He wasn't on the trip, so I I didn't ask. I still think with the, just the way how emotional he was coming off the field against Tulsa, I think it was head related, but yeah. and you never know. If it if it is a concussion, like how how long that stuff takes, each one's different. So I we'll we'll see, but I, I do feel better about Everett than I did a week ago. Good. Right? So I think his confidence is up. I think that'll lead to a higher level of play. Andrew Rame. Thought that dude battled his ass off in this game. Couple bad plays. Right? But hey, that is what that's what happens when you play against really good players, right? And that's one of the shocking moments when you get to the NFL. You start getting your ass kicked every once in a while. You're like, wait, what? what what's going on here? It it happens when you play good players. I think the argument could be made. It was the best game of his career at OU. 
all things considered, he battled Corleone all game long. Lost some of those battles. But it is it is the most I've seen him battle in straight. Stay engaged, grabbing guys, bit legs, good body position. Uh, yeah, he had a couple snap issues right on the first one, which could have been very bad. Luckily, yeah. it hits Dylan Gabriel. He's able to throw it away, but he just thought he heard a clap. That's life on the road, man. And that's when you're using a clap as the cadence and you're a center and it's third down and you think you hear a clap, guess what you do, Ted? You snap the damn ball. That's right, yeah. So I, I, it happens, right? And then they're down in the student section. They're backed up. Everyone hears the clap but him. Yeah. He's just sitting there with the ball. Not a good feeling. But it is you hard. It's something about that on the broadcast that I think is interesting. I, the quarterback's directly behind you and wearing you a can't football hear helmet. It. Yeah, because you don't have you have no access to your ears from directly behind. You and can't everything turn goes, your head. Right. It's that, it sounds like a football helmet invention that you can come up with, like a little Bluetooth like speaker in the back to hear the clap. Or I don't even think you need that. I just think you need some venting in the back that directs some sound to the ears. Okay. We'll work on that. Okay. Sounds like something that Oregon would come out with first, you know? Yeah, probably. But, yeah, that that happens. I've had it happen to me. Like, everyone else hears it, but you you turn around, you're like, what? I didn't hear it. Like, it. It's not a good feeling. <laughs> but neither of those end up being catastrophic situations. But yeah, I, I thought Rain, I thought he battled, man. I I liked what I saw. Uh, Matoyer, one of his best games. Really good physicality, right now. He's not just gonna mash dudes off the ball, but, and he did make some rare mistakes he doesn't normally make. Look to me, just like he had a few mental errors that uh, I'm not used to seeing from him. But I'm not gonna complain. <laughs> I, I say this every game basically about Matoyer is like, I know what I'm getting from that guy. Uh, Tyler Guyton had a few plays where his eyes got him in trouble. Right. And uh, as a result, his feet got a little off, but uh, I thought he played well. He need he needs to be more efficient with his feet, right? That when he's getting in trouble, right. When he's getting, when guys are getting on his edges, it's feet related, like the feet freeze, or the foot or the outside foot drops way too much and it turns his hips. But the physicality, the competitiveness, it was so fun watching him pull around on that one back tackle power. Oh, dude, dude can go. It was, uh, that was fun for me to watch. But yeah, he is, it, it was a nice performance after last week where, where I didn't think he played particularly well. I thought when his feet were good, when he was in good position, he was in good relationship to the defensive lineman. Like it was, it was over, man, over quick. He's just got to, he's got to continue to work on getting to his points, whether it's the run game or his pass set, like getting, getting to where he needs to get and then not going any further than that. Right. It, get to where you need to get and then make them come to you. You don't always have to, keep floating out and and putting yourself in a bad position. But yeah, I thought the tackles, I thought both of them were very solid. Like I don't even remember mentioning a defensive end for Cincinnati in the football game. Yeah, I agree. 
Yep. Good pro for the most part. Even, and I know you mentioned it, but the backs seem to do a good job in protection as well, stepping up a couple of times. Yeah, the sack, it's just a, you know, DG got sacked that one time. It's just a full slide max protection. And the and what they do, they blitz the back, Ted. So they've got two coming off the edge. You leave the two for the tight end in the back, right? Mm-hmm. Inside backer blitzes the back. He's your third guy. Your left tackle's going, no, no, no. I've got this gap. He comes free, sacks the quarterback. Yeah. So I hate slide protection. <laughs> There's men. Let's work to the men. So I just, that's a small complaint, but it is, yeah, it's confusing. Cause I did, I thought, I thought the O-line played better than scoring 20 points. Yeah. Well, if, if we I could can, just be in a good mood because of how excited you are about the defense though, that could be affecting well, me here. I think if you, if you hit the ball to Farouk and if you, if you get the one with uh, Jaden Gibson, we're probably left to- feeling totally different about the football game. Yeah, I agree. I it, it felt like a game where they should have walked out there scoring at least thirty five. It felt like they were, and it it kind of felt like it was building to that at one point too. Um, but yeah, well, it's all right. We don't have to be perfect yet. Yet. All right, let's get to call your shot. We asked you guys, what's your number one takeaway? from OU's win over Cincinnati. This first one comes from Z-Dub. Simple response. So relieved to have defense. It makes your margin for error totally different, doesn't it? It does. And this one's connected from our from our man Steve Hines in the DFW area. He says, my biggest takeaway, based on their social media comments, is that Sooner fans have completely forgot how to feel about relying on defense or winning without scoring 50. Yeah. Yep. It's, it's a different feel. And I think we're having, having some withdrawals. Uh, there's a little bit of pain going on, not scoring 50 and giving up, you know, 45, like living in that comfort zone of the, the chaos and the shootout and being able to complain about defense that if we just get this defense here, we'll be able to, to tie it all together. Well, the defense is trending in a very juicy way, and offense, I think, is is going to continue to come around. But the point is, I you play a team like Cincinnati, and instead of winning, like I said, fifty to forty-five, I you totally choke them out. And I don't know about probably the beginning of the second quarter it felt like it doesn't matter what the score is we're winning the game because they're not going to be able to do anything against us that's a nice feeling to have enjoy it enjoy it this last one comes from mike kretschmar punting game is the weakest spot on the team Hmm. yeah they we had what two shanks huh yeah not it plaster had a couple good ones but yeah, you'd like to see some more consistency there. It did feel, and I don't have the stats on it, it feels like we lost the, you know, the the small battle of field position. Yeah. Right? The hidden yardage there. It felt like we lost that battle. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. Yeah, we had 
we had the one that we couldn't get to in the punt game. It was a, I mean, it was a good kick for what it ended up and it rolled out for him big time. And yeah, we started deep a couple of times, but yeah, that's a, Hey, if, if we're, we got people worried about the punny game right now, that means we're trending in the right direction. Yes. <laughs> we can't complain about the defense. Let's complain about the putter. Oh, I love it. Oh, you fans are the best. They're the I best. Love it. All right. Let's get to our recap of week four, but we got to do some birthday shout outs, Ted. Welcome right. to the world. Leslie Joe Goodman. And happy first birthday to Jesse. Happy fourth birthday to Michael Carmen Elliott. Happy eighth birthday to Harper Mitchell. Happy 11th birthday to Eli Morgan. Happy 14th birthday to Glavin Garner. Happy 18th birthday. Do you think it's Glavin or do you think I spelled Galvin wrong? I think you inserted an L and it's Gavin Garner. Mr. Garner, happy <laughs> 14th <laughs> birthday. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to. At least it'll be more memorable now. Happy 18th birthday to Aniston Garner. Happy 35th birthday to John Swanson. Happy 49th birthday to 1010 Laura Nelson. Happy 53rd birthday to Shreveport Mary Smith. Happy 65th birthday to Kathleen Roberts. And happy birthday to Jason Thomas and happy belated birthday to Layton. All right. That's a big games of week four of college football. Let's recap them. But first, John Vance Auto Group has a deal for Oklahoma Breakdown listeners. Go to any of their nine full-service dealerships in Woodward, Miami, and Guthrie and tell them we sent you, and they'll give you $500 off. That's $500 off just because you listen to this podcast. They've been serving Oklahomans for 40 years, family-owned and operated, and no matter what your vehicle needs are, John Vance Auto Group has you covered. They carry domestic brands such as Ford, Lincoln, Chevy, Buick, GMC, Chrysler, Dodge, Ram, Jeep, and Wagoneer. John Vance Auto Group's goal is to give unequaled service and to exceed customers' expectations in every way. You can find all the information about their lifetime loyalty program, browse their entire inventory, and find the John Vance dealership near you at vanceautogroup.com. And attention business owners, you need Insurica in your life. Insurica is one of the country's largest insurance brokers with 30 offices throughout Oklahoma, Texas, and the Southwest. Insurica is able to customize programs by accessing the latest information from many insurance carriers. They compare and contrast coverage offerings and pricing in order to design a cost-effective comprehensive program to meet your business's specific needs. If your business partners with Insurica, you'll save huge amounts of money and take back control of your total cost of risk. If your business wants to be best in class, connect with Insurica at Insurica.com. That's I-N-S-U-R-I-C-A dot com. And head to the garage for hand-smashed patties, butter-toasted buns, and ice-cold beer. It's the perfect spot to watch any big game. And with all the garage locations being open to 10 p.m. or later every night, it's the go-to late-night spot. Visit eatatthegarage.com to find a location near you and order online from the garage in your neighborhood. Fun week four in college football. Let's start in South Bend. Ohio State wins 17-14. to 14. It does not get any better than what we saw at the end of this game. Two top 10 teams, awesome atmosphere, massive brands in the sport, comes down to one play on the one-yard line. I mean, straight out of a movie. 
Ted, incredible. He barely gets in. He barely gets in. Buckeyes score a touchdown with one second to get the massive road win. But, Ted, how is it possible the most important play of the game, the most important play of your season, third and one at the one-yard line, you're at home, how on God's green earth do you only have 10 men on the field? How does know. that happen? That I just thought they were misaligned, and then I counted them. I couldn't believe it, man. Yeah. Game's on the line. You got 10 on the field? What? And did they have a timeout to burn? I don't know if they had a timeout no, to burn. No, they just, they just taken it. I don't I don't know. I don't know how that happens. I don't know how the how the conversation over there went on the sideline. Um that's a coach killer, man. That is that's the that's the head guy being really, really, really upset with a bunch of people. Right? The it, it kinda of, it, it falls on whoever was supposed to be out there. And then it falls on his coach for why did he not know he was supposed to be out there? Then it kind of falls on the rest of the guys in that position group that are standing there in the rotation, not saying, Hey, aren't you supposed to be out there right now? I, you know, so it's, I don't know how that happened. I don't know. You know, one of the things is during timeouts, there's a lot of, they could have thought, that Ohio state was going with a different personnel grouping and spent the entire time out talking about a different personnel grouping. And then they jog on with something different and in the scramble to, to get the right personnel, you just miss it. But at the end of the day, I don't know how it happened. It's, you can't necessarily say it cost you the game, but you kind of can. It's an easy thing to point at and say, that was it. You know, (laughs) can you, uh, it is the silver lining. Hey, we almost stopped him with 10. Yeah. I, I just, I can't believe that happened, but you know, looking at this game, I thought Sam Hartman was all right. I, I thought I he wasn't, he wasn't the difference maker, even though I picked Ohio state to win the game. He wasn't the difference maker for them that I thought he would be in this game just kind of just kind of managed it right he kind of did what a lot of other Notre Dame quarterbacks have done in big games right nothing he wasn't bad but it wasn't I don't know it lacked a little sizzle the performance lacked a little sizzle for me is that fair no I think it's totally fair I kind of felt the same way um you know it is interesting. Number one, give credit to Ohio State for revamping that defense because they're they're getting good. They're they're bouncing back on that side of the ball, and I thought that they're even though it was a ended up being a close game and there's some crazy stuff that happened down the stretch. I thought oh, Ohio State was decidedly the more talented football team. And with that being said, like, how is it different if Hartman, like, they've got a quarterback and they've got a guy that can can do some stuff, but 
against a team like Ohio State, I I still think that they're second tier skill position wise. If that makes any sense, like they don't just don't have a six foot four Marvin Harrison Jr. that you can just continue to go to over and over, right? Yeah, that helps a quarterback out a lot. Yeah. Also, I guess Marvin Harrison Jr. just has like the strongest Rubber. ankles on planet Earth. Yeah. Rubber. What was ankles. that? It looked like he may have broken his leg, and then all of a sudden you looked up, he was back out there. Yeah. We are not know. created equally. I, I, mean, I thought the same thing. I was like, oh, well, that sucks because that dude is unbelievable. I wonder what he's going to do. Like, is he still going to go in the draft? Yada, yada, yada. And then, wait a second. Is he back out on the field? What's I had the happening? same conversation with my wife. I was like, well, honey, he's going to be like a top five pick. So, in the long run, this this could actually be what's best for his future. It's just like, oh, okay, that makes sense. And then a couple of minutes later, he's back out there. And she's like, hey, is it that him? I was like, oh, my God. Back, Not just back out there, back out there looking fine. Yes. He's going to be hurting today, but that was that was impressive, gutsy yeah. performance. Now, Ryan Day, I was an angry man after the game. Felt disrespected. Watch out, Lou Holtz. I really, missed- I really was hoping he'd do a Holtz impression when he was going after Holtz. And hey, Day's a little lucky they got that stop, or that Notre Dame didn't get that stop because the story of that game would have been that fourth and one uh, jet sweep call. Oh my god! What a I, terrible play call! I jumped out of my seat when I saw that. I had these horrible Rose Bowl flashbacks. Uh, unbelievable, but I. I missed the Lou Holtz thing. And it's funny because I did my radio show from my hotel room in Cincinnati and it was on TV. I could see the interview, but I didn't know anything that he said because I was doing my show. And I, uh, I guess basically it was in a to nutshell, make really angry. Yeah. Basically in a nutshell, Lou Holtz called Ohio state soft. Like said, Notre Dame was a better and tougher team like that. That that's it in a nutshell. And Ryan Day was pissed. Well, but Notre Dame, they did have they missed some opportunities early in this game to put points on the board. Right? Had the turnover on downs, missed a field goal. Like when you're playing in a big game like this against a team that good, that stuff matters. Mm-hmm. Man. And I I thought that I thought that the all green for Notre Dame was an extremely bold choice in a game of that magnitude. I turned it on, and I had read earlier in the week that that's what they were going to wear, but turning it on and seeing it is a completely different animal. you got to go with the traditionals in that game, right? This is what I don't understand. Like, some of this stuff is... It's, it's almost criminal because it's the easiest thing ever. just don't stop overthinking it. It's going to be one of the biggest games of the entire year. You don't want people in the bar or at home turning the game on and saying, I didn't know Ohio State's playing Oregon this week. Right? It looked like Oregon. It did not look like Notre Dame. Where the, the, the reason you... You pay all of this money and you spend, I don't know, around a hundred years building a brand 
to where whenever it comes on, no matter who they are, no matter if they watch football or not, they say, that's Notre Dame. I know that's Notre Dame. I don't watch that much football, but that is Notre Dame. That's why you do that. The amount of money these brands are worth is massive. Don't screw that up. It's it's so stupid. Am I wrong on that? Like that's isn't it that easy? I I didn't understand the choice. Maybe if you wear the traditionals, you get eleven guys on the field in that last play. No, I just I, it it was just something where I turned it. I was like, wow, that green is popping. Yeah, but it is a really good football game, right? A, kind of a boring first half. But uh, that is what you Notre Dame wanted, right? Yeah. Slow this thing down. Make it boring. Yeah. Make it a little ugly. And it it was the style of game that Notre Dame needed to play to beat Ohio State. They just they weren't able to get it done on that last drive. Now, I do think Notre Dame, I I don't think they're going to drop much. And I still think they are more than capable of making the playoff. Now they got Duke coming up next, and all of a sudden that game is not a gimme. Mm-mm. But they got USC. They got USC at home on October fourteenth, and they got to go to Clemson on November fourteenth. I mean, it there is a very real scenario where they are a one loss team, and with their only loss being on the last play of the game to Ohio State. Yeah. So they are. I, they are still very much a factor when you think about the college football playoff picture. And I watched every snap of that USC game last night. And as we sit right now, Notre Dame is levels ahead of USC, in my opinion. A lot to do with the defense. Mm-hmm. All right, let's move on. Florida State at Clemson. Clemson wins 31-24 in overtime. On the road, hard-fought football Florida, game. Florida State. You you mistakenly say Clemson wins on the road. We know what you meant. I just wanted to clarify. Oh, no. I'm losing it. No, Florida State go. wins 31-24 at Clemson. Very hard-fought football game. Both quarterbacks took a beating in this game. Guys getting hit a lot. It. I thought Jordan Travis and Clay Klubnick. Cade Klubnick. I'm falling apart. Here we go. I thought they displayed some toughness, did some good things, but it it felt like there were multiple points in this game where Clemson had opportunities to put the Knowles away and, and just couldn't do it. And no better example than feels like they had all the momentum. They're driving down the field, and then Cade Klubnick gets destroyed by Deloach. Ball out, scoop and score, tie football game at 24. That that was a massive play, but then you make a 29-yard field goal and you probably win the game with the way that your defense was played. That minute and a half left. Yeah, a little like two-ish, uh, just under two, I think. You miss a 29-yard field goal. Uh, it, just a brutal miss. Guy left the team, came back, the whole story. I don't care. I don't care about the story. Make a 29-yarder, man. But I I thought Clemson's defense played pretty well. Thought they did a nice job against all those weapons for Florida State's offense, but it's a disappointing loss for Clemson. 
and Florida State's got to feel fortunate walking out of there with a win. Yeah. Yeah, it, you know, it is interesting that – and I know this, the Clemson fans and players and everyone, like, they feel differently, and that's fine. But I came out of this feeling better about Clemson than I did going in, if that makes sense. I thought their offense, you know, moving the ball well, showing some real signs of life, and, you know, defensively to 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 have control of that game, hold a, a really good Florida State offense to, to, what, 24 in regulation. What they hit on a couple of big plays to Johnny Wilson, uh, which is going to happen, give them credit for that. But all in all, just kicked a field goal and – you just beat a a top what was what was Florida State six five six they're four four I mean you make a field goal you just beat a top four team in the country whenever everyone is questioning whether or not your your program is about to you know be done for so like whenever you look at it that way it's like I think Clemson's got a little more fight in them than people maybe thought going in or think uh, at the moment and. Still lost the game though. It doesn't. Yeah. Clemson fans and and players don't care about that, but that's just kind of my view of Clemson coming out of it. Yeah, in the overtime, right? Keon Coleman just makes a hell of a catch. Competitive play, hell of a catch by a really good player, and then Clemson gets the ball. People are drunk on throwing the RPO stuff, Ted. I know it. Third down, what was it, third and two? Just hand it, man. Instead, he fires the RPO, right? He's playing the numbers game out there on the outside. Ball gets tipped. Fourth down, they throw it. Ball gets tipped again. I guess ball on the third down just did not work out there on the outside. And then fourth down, ball gets tipped. Just a tough way for the game to end. But I will say this, Will Shipley's a stud. That's my number one takeaway from Clemson. That guy can play yep. out of the backfield, catching the football as a runner. Like, guy's a stud. Yeah. Well, I. it's become apparent that the – and it's – I mean, this isn't uh this year thing, but the RPO has ruined college football. Uh, not ruined it. It's still a great product, and it's still fun, but the RPOs suck. I think they're stupid. I think they take I think they take fight and toughness out of the line of scrimmage. I think they take brain power away from everyone on the field playing the game and it's done up in the boxes instead of down on the field. I think it sucks. It's stupid. You should be limited to five passes at or behind the line of scrimmage game. <laughs> right. A new rule. One to drive. You can only do one to drive. It, anything anything else about that game? Just a, a, a nice win for Florida State. And all of a sudden, you Close. look at their schedule the rest of the way. And you know, kind of at this point, it'd be surprising if they don't make the playoff, right? Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. One more, one more just kind of overall college football complaint from watching last night. Perfect. I want everyone – as a study, this is homework for everybody. Watch the amount of balls that are thrown that 10 years ago or before targeting would never be thrown. And they're caught. 
it's an insane amount of footballs of where guys would quarterbacks just wouldn't throw it because they'd get their wide receiver absolutely killed. It's over and over and over. It's interesting. And I think it has a big overall effect on like all those per- completion percentages that we see across the country. Big factor. Okay. That it? You did? We're good? Yes. Okay. I like it. All right. Colorado went to Oregon and what's the best way to put this? Ted, you want to see a dead body? I mean, whew. just an absolute beat down. Maybe this thing was over the second that Dan Lanning gave that pregame speech. He had that thing rehearsed. There's no doubt. That was that he'd spent some time on that one. Was there someone in the back of the room holding up cards? Yeah, cue cards. Like, <laughs> hey, don't forget to say the thing about clicks. Remember the thing about clicks. But honestly, I'm surprised it wasn't worse. Just a good statement by Oregon. Uh, Colorado had come down, had come into this game worn down. And it's it's really not complicated when you go back and watch the game. Oregon whooped Colorado's ass at the line of scrimmage. That's football. You win the battle on the offensive line and defensive line. You are typically going to smack your opponent around. That's what happened. I mean, Oregon's offensive line was just rolling Colorado's D-line off the ball. Oregon's running backs were dragging Colorado defenders. It was just a it was a physical beating, like 240 on the ground for Oregon. It was it went how I thought it was gonna go. Just a physical mismatch at the line of scrimmage. Yeah. Yeah. And I know like there's this there's this big divide out there about uh this game and and Dan Lanning and his approach and Colorado. I think like whenever you look at that score, they totally took their foot off the gas in this game. Uh, Oregon did. And they could have, could have made things a lot worse. Um, But, you know, I, we, we all knew that this is happening the ride has been fun. It's been entertaining, but we all knew that this was happening. And, and I still don't think you you look down on on what Colorado has done at all. Like the most difficult thing to do is get the line of scrimmage guys right, and like it's going to take some time for them to catch up with places the likes of Oregon and and even Washington, some of those schools, and and obviously they don't need to anymore. They'll be coming to the the Big Twelve, but that's the hardest thing to get. And I still think that he's going to, Dion's going to pick up some really good players in the portal and in recruiting moving forward. They'll get I'm with closer. you. I'm with you. I, I did. It really didn't change how I feel about Colorado moving forward. Mm-hmm. I think Dion's going to get those line of skimmers players, whether it's recruiting and the portal, probably a combination of both, probably mainly portal with the approach we've seen him at. There's going to be a lot of guys that are going to want to be part a part of what they're doing there, right? It looks fun. College kids like to have fun, and it looks fun. And I thought Dion's quote after the game is is right. What do you say? Like, congratulations to them. Uh, be glad they got us now because this is the worst we're going to be. I agree. I think yeah. they're going to get better and better. Yeah, and you look at that game, Bo Nix, 
he he had the interception, but other than that, very solid. Troy Franklin, that guy can run, man, had a big day. The one thing I'll say about Colorado's performance, Shadur Sanders, was the protection great? No. But, dude, you got to get rid of the football. You have to understand the situation. Oregon had like seven sacks. You got to make some quicker decisions with the football. Or maybe Sean Lewis has to call some shorter route concepts. Also, you can't drop 10 yards deep and float to 11 yards and expect to be protected. That sack is on you. Yeah. You got to step up. You got to give your tackles a chance. And I did. I thought that, you know, clearly it's his worst game, right? That's, I'm not breaking any news there, but I thought he had been so good at, you know, looking polished at, at the quarterback spot. It was clear the heat got to him in this game. Right. Yeah. And he was feeling that pressure. He was backing up when he didn't need to back up. And I get it. He was getting hit a lot. But one of the things that had stood out so far was kind of the toughness that he had been playing the position with. And I thought, I thought Oregon and how physical they were and how dominant they were at that line at the line of scrimmage. I, it got to him and it affected the way that he played. Yeah. He'll learn yeah. from it. I agree. I agree. Um, it's tough, man. Like whenever you're under that much duress as a quarterback, it's hard to. I uh, that's the key. It, most guys doesn't matter how good you are if you can get pressure on them, they become average or below really quickly. Yeah. Anything else on that game? Oh, there was a fake punt where they direct snapped it to a defensive tackle for a first down. Oregon did that. Uh, that was awesome. Nice. Giving the, the big guys a little bit of love. He looked good out in space. Looked like he knew what he was doing. I liked it. Maybe the best player of the game. Oregon's the good football team. Good football team. No doubt. No doubt. It'll be interesting to see. They they got some big matchups coming up in the Pac-12, man. That conference right. is going to be fun back half of the year. No doubt. All right, let's finish up with our winners and losers of the weekend. But first, do you have difficulty sitting for long periods of time or can't lay on your side due to pain? Well, it's a hip thing, and the only person to go see is Dr. Brandon Johnson at the Hip Clinic in Oklahoma City. No matter your age, the Hip Clinic has the experience and knowledge to help ease your hip pain and preserve your hip joint. Don't let the pain hold you back any longer. Don't just accept a hip replacement. Call the Hip Clinic today at 844-KEEP-HIP or visit thehipclinicokc.com. College football fans, are you in good hands? Because with insurance from Allstate, you'll have a winning game plan like reliable coverage and protection for everything life throws at you. Because just like how great protection can save a football game, it can also save you money. So get protected with Allstate. Visit Allstate.com or call, or call a local agent today to learn more. Brought to you by Allstate. You're in good hands. And Bishop McGinnis Catholic High School represents a tradition of educational excellence in Oklahoma City. Grounded in a faith-based education, Bishop McGinnis offers a college prep curriculum that includes 22 AP courses, participation in OSSAA athletics, and numerous clubs and organizations for students to join and grow. If you want to provide the best possible education and spiritual development for your children, contact Bishop McGinnis Catholic High School or visit bmchs.org. Remember, financial aid is available. As always, Ted, kick us off. Who do you have as your winner of the weekend? 
man, sometimes you get things just incredibly wrong. And that was me in the Iowa State-Oklahoma State football game. I thought we were going to have a 3-0 to final with Iowa State winning, but we had an offensive explosion, Gabe. 34-27, Iowa State gets the win and really controlled the thing from the second half on. Um, extended, and then Oklahoma State scored a late touchdown, but Iowa State finding some offense? Should we be worried? I don't think so. <laughs> but how about Rocco Beck just throwing it all over the yard on the Cowboys? Crazy. Threw it 38 times, three touchdowns, put up 350 bills. Pretty impressive. Impressive from Iowa State or Those continued are issues from Oklahoma State's football team? Well, maybe a little bit of both, I guess. Yeah. I I think if you're an Iowa State fan, you're looking at it going, hey, you're you're actually probably going, how did we allow 27 points to that Oklahoma State offense? Now, Alan Bowman, <laughs> he's coming out there. He's letting it rip, baby. Letting it rip. But, yeah, it was – I thought that game was going to be like 14 to 10. And an offensive explosion on both sides. Yeah. And the concern in Stillwater – continues to grow yeah i mean that's it it could be a rough year for the cowboys yeah it could i you know i'm impressed though that uh, gordon was able to go for 120 he had one giant run yeah which skewed the stats for him but yet you still hey to do against yeah like breaking long runs is like that's one of the most difficult things to do against Iowa state with the way that they, they play their defense and so many guys over the top. But I mean, I guess if you're Oklahoma state, I know with what everyone thinks of Iowa state and that's fine, but maybe you come out of there with, with a little bit of, of something to build on offensively, but it's going to be tough for them, man. It really is. But, Iowa State was was the winner for me with finding some offense. They haven't scored <laughs> at all this year. So to be able to do that uh at home, find something, maybe change the uh change the feeling in that locker room a little bit. Yeah. I I I wish they wouldn't have gotten it going right before they come to Norman. Yeah. It it was my hope that Oklahoma State would play well defensively, and Iowa State's offense would be very sad coming into Norman. But maybe a glimmer of hope for those for the guys on that side of the ball. It's a, it's a nice win for Iowa State. Right? This yeah. felt like a this felt like a game that was going to determine, hey, who's going to be? I don't want to be say the cellar dweller, but whoever lost this football game, fan base is going to be real sad, and it's not Iowa State's. Right. Yeah. No, it 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 was one of those games going in where you do it was the the Monday press conference was going to be bad either in Ames or in Stillwater, right? Yeah. So I guess we got our answer on that. And the excitement for Iowa State is going to offensively is going to be short lived whenever they throw on the film of the team they're about to play defensively and say 
who the hell is this? Not this team has not existed in the Big Twelve. It's going to be different for him. Congrats, Iowa State. <laughs> All right, who do you have as your loser of the weekend? Oh man, I, why not just keep the uh, the Iowa offensive watch going? Okay, with Brian Ferentz. Um, tell me if this is good. Okay, sixty yards of offense, forty-two passing, and eighteen rushing. Um, one of seven on third down. Just a total nothing burger offensively from Iowa. And now well below that 25 average that they've got to get to for uh, for Brian Ferentz. Here is, here's the drive summaries for Iowa. First half, punt, fumble, punt, 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 halftime. Punt, fumble, punt, fumble. End of game. I mean, it is, it is just a, I mean, an absolutely brutal, a brutal viewing experience for Iowa football fans. Like Penn State's a really good football team, right? I, I think a chance, I think they've got a chance to win the big 10, right? I think they're that talented. Yeah. But to look that inept offensively and Penn State's got some dudes on that defense especially that defensive line but with everything that is surrounding the offensive performance for Iowa this season to go out there and do that oh my god 60 yards yeah by my count they had um they had what 30 33 plays they had the ball for ju- for like 14 and a half minutes in that game I, I think they snapped it 33 times one of nine on third down just it's unbelievable they ran it 17 times for 20 yards <laughs> you think Colorado you think Dion's going to show Colorado's players this and be like, "Hey, at least we're not Iowa." Dude, th- that this game is a total ass kicking. Penn State ran it 57 times. I don't blame them, right? Especially with those backs they've got. Just incredible. Just a beat down. Any anything else you want to say to pile on the Hawkeyes? Everybody that uh, no, I think that's it. Of that top 10 yeah. Okay. All right. Let's get to my winner and loser. But first. Elevate your tailgate with Chapel Supply and Equipment in Oklahoma City. Chapel Supply and Equipment has generators and inverters on hand that'll give you all the power you need so you can take your tailgate to the next level. They've also got top-of-the-line heaters to keep you warm during those cold tailgates later in the season. They're Oklahoma-owned and operated. Elevate your tailgate by calling 405-495-1722 or visit chapelsupply.com. That's C-H-A-P-P-E-L-L supply.com. And First Fidelity Bank is a full-service financial institution based in Oklahoma with tailored solutions for all your personal and business needs. Checking accounts, saving accounts, home loans, and much more. They do it all. Whether it's online banking from your computer or mobile banking from your phone, everything is stress-free. 
with FFB. Making mobile deposits, paying bills online, and moving money to different accounts could not be easier. Make your life easier and go bank with First Fidelity Bank. Visit ffb.com for more information. And head to opolisclothing.com for our podcast, merchandise, and the best OU gear out there. That's opolisclothing.com, O-P-O-L-I-S clothing.com. Use promo code TED, T-E-D, for 10% off. That's opolisclothing.com. Use promo code TED for 10% off. Buttery soft and 10% off. My winner of the weekend, Neil Brown and the West Virginia Mountaineers. Got the win against Texas Tech there in Morgantown. Looked gross. That It did not look like a fun place to be. Uh, 20 to 13. Tech was driving to go tie the game, but West Virginia's defense got the stop. Mountaineers really dominated the time of possession, made this one ugly. And all of a sudden you look up, man, they're off to a three and one start. And, and I still think the game that they lost, thought they represented them represented themselves well against Penn State on the other side of things one in three start for Texas Tech Mm. so much hype coming in the year and now not only are you one in three but your starting quarterback is hurt and likely done for the year I, I feel for Tyler Shuck man broke his leg pretty early in this football game he's gonna need surgery uh Baron Morton came in and he struggled. I mean, he really struggled. And that offensive line is not playing at a high level for Tech either. But you look at what West Virginia got from the quarterback position. Uh, Nico Markel did not get off to a good start in this game, but kind of settled in. They used him a lot as a runner, which I think made him pretty comfortable. Uh, he showed some wiggle multiple times on some runs. But, yeah, man, a, a big-time win for Neil Brown wasn't pretty, but got it done. It's very similar to the pit game. Like, that win wasn't pretty, but they got it done. They're back to playing better defense. And what a rough start for Tech. With yeah. the expectations that a lot of people had for that team coming into the year, It that is it, – it could be a rough season for the Red Raiders. Yeah, and – I, I didn't think that the the predictions for Texas Tech were justified. With I how picked them to go it. six and six, and I had on my radio show, and I had a bunch of Texas Tech fans slide in my DMs and tell me what a dumbass I was. And it's strange. I have not heard from any of them lately. <laughs> yeah, I mean they they had a good team last year, but they had senior heavy football team, bunch of guys on there with a ton of experience. They lost a lot of guys. Uh, does it change the fact that I think Joey McGuire is going to do good things there? Agreed. Um, it's just, it's, I think it's going to take them a little bit of time, but I'm happy. I'm happy for West Virginia, man. Good to see Neil Brown getting some dubs. He was pissed when West Virginia was picked last in the big 12, rightfully so. Um, they're going to, they're going to be a, a tough football team this year. I like what I've seen there, man. That's I'm happy for him. O line is good. They're good, but I, I got to tell Neil, man, this is this is the bump you get for coming on the podcast, man. That's right, right. That th- right. these this is not a coincidence. I mean, come on. <laughs> All right, my loser of the weekend. I'm going Lane Kiffin. Made made a lot of waves this week, right with the. Uh, 
with the comments he made about Alabama's defensive coordinator situation, who's called plays, who's not, right? Saban comes out and addresses it. Well, I guess it doesn't matter if you know who's called the plays. You only score 10 points, man. 10 points in the loss, 56 yard rush, 56 yards rushing, and they got backs, man. Yeah. Winshawn Judkins is a dude. Now, they had some guys banged up, though, right? Didn't yeah. they have a couple guys out? But point still stands. Like, you know. If you make yeah. such a scene, you cause such an ordeal, you got to score more than 10. Right. On a Bama yeah. team that's struggling coming in, you got to score more than 10. Come on. Or maybe if if you come across some information that's valuable, you don't tell everyone in the world about it. Also a good point. But uh, Jackson Dart was not tremendous in this game. Uh, Bama wins. It's eight in a row for Bama over Ole Miss. But the the Bama offense still doesn't look great. Right? A bunch of negative plays in this game. I still don't think their offensive line's playing very well. Jalen Milrow does not like. It looks like as a passer, the confidence has really dwindled. Like it doesn't look like he's seeing it well. I mean, a lot of their explosive plays in the passing game are just guys going up in traffic and making really nice plays on the football. Red zone offense was inefficient. Jace McClellan, he was the bright spot for him, I'd say, but because he had a really a couple really nice runs. But I picked Kiffin as my loser of the week because you got to score more when you make such such a scene, but. I can't believe I'm saying this. Bama looks like they could lose four or five this year. Yeah. I mean, they, it just does not. The offense, it, it, it does not look good right now. Well. It's lacking. I'll tell you, a bad combination is inexperience and low confidence at quarterback combined with bad offensive line play. Yeah. Some could say the former creates or the latter creates the former. Right? If you're a quarterback and you can't trust your offensive line and you're worried about the rush, you're not gonna see you're not gonna see the whole picture downfield and it's gonna create some trouble. Yep. I'm with you. But yeah, it's it's unusual to see Bama look this way. It it it, it really is. But hey, still won the game. I I really honestly had no idea what to expect in that football game. I was like, it's not going to shock me if Alabama wins. It's not going to shock me if they get beat by two touchdowns. I don't know. I don't know where to be. Yeah. I, I thought Ole Miss would score more than 10 that, since Kiffin had had this revelation, right? Made this discovery. End up being a much better result for, for Alabama than I, than I expected for sure. They may have to win, win ugly this year. Yeah. Right. That maybe their fan base is going to go through something that the OU fan base is currently going through. Like, oh, oh, we're not just going to score at will all the time. Damn it. <laughs> right. Yeah. I I don't know. On that note, episode 356 in the books. We'll have a new podcast that'll drop on Wednesday. We'll be previewing OU Iowa State. Just a reminder, you can hear Teddy from 3 to 6 on The Ref. You can hear me from 2 to 5 on SiriusXM Big 12 Radio, Channel 375. Hope you all have a great start to your week. Until next time, we appreciate you all for listening. Do what you always do, Oklahoma. Take care of each other.
just one.